Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage, the most important part of your week. So our heroes on Friday were faced with one final divine challenge, deal with this weird plant monster. Um, after much, much puzzling, they did end up trying to fight it. Uh, Cinder got real big, Valentine had a quick little dip in some stomach acid, but nobody died, uh, not even a little bit. Of course, it was all a test, so the only consequences for the Shields of Twilight beating a tactical retreat at one point um, was that Malora made a couple of little frowny faces at Quinn. It wasn't a big deal. Um, Quinn... <laughs> Quinn, who found out some very interesting family history, uh, but Chad is not tonight, so we're going to revisit that later, like a week or so. Um, instead, we'll be having a lovely meandering conversation about the challenges of digging something up while it's trying to blast you with laser beams. And then later we'll be talking about side quests, how cute and fun they are and all that. Um, so as always, stick around after the stream for things to think about, organizations to support, uh, great places to send your spare change. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Joining me today, we've got three wonderful guests. Um, we've got Serenity, our favorite DM. We've got Laura, our favorite Druid. We've got Khalil, our favorite Warlock. You may, you may have noticed that all the girls have the same hair color right now. That is on purpose. We are a clique. <laughs> We're going to be rude to you in the cafeteria. You can't sit with us. Sorry, Khalil. Uh, anyway. What is it? So on Wednesdays, we wear, we wear pink. We pink. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so you guys had some fun uh, poking at a giant plant beastie thingy, at least until it started poking back and then it was maybe a little bit less fun. Um, what's the damage this week? Fun is an apt word <laughs> for having something hurt you, but <laughs> a word. Voices <laughs> uh, were made, um, many of them. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the the majority of the episode was taken up by this big uh, creature encounter. I guess would be the right word for the entire thing because it was it was a puzzle. It was a battle. It was a yeah. test. It was a few different things. So encounter, I think. But yeah, like uh, that did take up the majority of the episode. So just like talk to me a little bit about puzzling through this puzzle because I would say there was sort of a non-violent section, then there was a violent section. <laughs> Yeah, you all tried a bunch of things. We did, we did indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we went in like, no, we probably, we, we don't want to fight because we always go in fighting. Mm -hmm. So we're all like, no, 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 we'll, we'll try diplomacy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's hard being a, a ball team sometimes. Um, because, um, 
the character wants to do things right away. You know what I mean? Like, Baltim has, like, serious ADD. I have serious ADD. Uh, he wants to get things done. Like, let's go. Let's get in here, getting out. Um, but um, I understand that, like, you know, as a group, there's a group dynamic. People have other ideas. So I like to wait for people to, like, like say their ideas. So then I, I might have a, something that can be thought of that I didn't think of. And then, like, help build upon that um and then not just immediately throw out my idea because sometimes i'm just thinking of like the one track mine um so i like to wait and not do the crazy thing immediately first to let see how other people work it out um but <laughs> uh that's why uh when i was like yeah let's just let me just go inside the thing and then see if there's something in there and just go like i was like i was i like i was i like thought an idea like like hours before but I was like I'm gonna wait for people to say something something else not crazy before I like throw out the crazy thing and just do it mm -hmm. I mean it makes a certain amount of logical sense right you had all well, assumed that yeah. the seed was inside so yeah yeah it could have yeah. been inside it I, well, I mean it was but not in right. the sense of oh, just yeah. inside of it where you could just pluck it out and be like right. hi dimension first of all I like as a dm the dimension door does not actually allow yes. you to do that ever. Um, yes. it, it specifically will just shunt you out of the space. You actually can't go inside of a creature. But like DMs for fun and for funsy's sake will be like, sure, you want to you do something crazy like that, I'll allow it. So I allowed it. Um, and in certain circumstances, for instance, against a worm, trying to heal your friends or get them out on the next turn before they die, I'd allow it. I'd be like, yeah, that's a... Uh, a genius use uh -huh. of of the spell to like try and save someone you know that that's going to start taking death saves while they're being digested inside of a, a creature unfortunately in this case it just got you stuck in there but thankfully you're able to uh use the spell again to get yourself back out but yeah it was there was nothing in there and i think the diplomacy was a a good start um i think quinn just didn't quite understand the build-up of the rest of his trials at the yeah. time no uh, to know what Melora was asking of him um, yeah. in the sense of it's not that you have to talk your way out of things. It's not that you have to, uh, you, you, you can't fight. It's that you, my tenets are to like protect those around you. Use what your knowledge is. Don't just go in and be the thunder and lightning and force of nature uh, mm -hmm. to destroy things in front of you. And if that's what you want to be, that's fine, but that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like he was missing that nuance, which was they had to status somehow either status affect the, their group or status affect the boss. And that that would completely negate all of its abilities except for its regular attacks. So was there a non-combat solution to the weird creature puzzle or no. it was just like you have to figure out the status effect thing? <laughs> yeah, it was it was you had to figure out the stat. It didn't have a language. It was like mm -hmm. a an, an aberrant creature that Melora had just defined there for the trial specifically um for basically quinn to come in and try to put to into practice what he would have learned from his previous which is why he got to reprepare all of his spells um mm -hmm. to see if he would continue to use the damage dealing spells that he constantly always took for himself and take that path or to see if he would reprepare something like sleep or you know bless or bane or like there are plenty a, a bunch of different um, uh, cleric based spells that can apply statuses to either their friends or their foes, um, and yeah. and he he didn't use any of them. He did have bless actually, which I'm surprised he never cast on any of his party. Um, but I, I was banking like that's the way Chad has been playing Quinn, and that's the way the character has been. And he is, I think, in all of the 51 episodes, 51 sessions that we've had, has cast Bless, I think, all of twice. All yeah, of twice. That's that's so he literally does not, he's accurate. not a cleric that, that bolsters right. his party. He heals. That's not to say he doesn't heal. Yeah. He helps them, but he does not bolster the rest of his group for them to do better. He goes in with damage, and then when they go down, he's like, Okay, I gotta heal for you, but I'm still gonna mm -hmm. do damage. And that's, he's been more of like a war cleric or a battle type cleric mm -hmm. than a, a protector of, of the group. And that's what Melora was looking for. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good way to segue into, can you tell us about um, like designing this encounter and this creature? Because it was pretty layered as far yeah, as puzzle battles yeah. go. Yeah, so I knew what I was trying to do for Quinn and for Chad as as the, the character of Quinn. And I knew this was kind of going to be um, his journey of under trying to understand like who he actually is and be okay with that person, whether it was a follower of Melora or a follower of Bane or a follower of neither and like trying to figure out who he is. And so I knew that there was going to be like three stages of these trials to try and give him an understanding of like why things aren't going well for him to try to have him understand like what are you not doing that that isn't working in the sense of like you wanting to be Melora's like a follower of Melora or at least understand her tenets um and those three stages were tr trying to get him to understand that at the end the final stage was to realize like can you put that into practice or are you still going in with the same mindset of I need to harm the other creature with my abilities in order to protect the people around me. Um, and, um, and I just need to be a shield. I just need to stand in front and put myself in front and that will be enough. Uh, and, and it was trying to teach him like, that's not going to work constantly. Um, and, uh, and so I knew that at the end of this stage, the creature didn't have a lot of HP. Um, <clears throat> they would have taken it out in probably a couple of... It couldn't move. First of all, it was never going to move. It had zero speed. So the whole point was not for them to uh, to like have to worry about it being able to flank them or like do anything. It had no creatures that it could call on. It just had its abilities. And the Elemental Blast, which was it every time they dealt damage to it without having a status effect on them or it it would um it would suck in the damage and then on its turn release in a blast all of the damage that they had done to it so if they had done 70 damage because like four characters had attacked it it would do a 70 damage blast at them with some kind of status effect and that that was the whole reason for the status effect was to show like it's applying a status effect maybe if you do the same to it mm -hmm. um the uh the, the 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 issue with the enlarge reduce it had the right mindset same with the levitate except that doesn't really apply like a status effect to it right. it just it just increases or reduces its side that size that's not really like a status is like restrained so if like perry had have like been able to entangle it um uh if uh you know if they had like i said baned it or if they'd blessed their party if they'd put it to sleep if they had anything uh to add tried to frighten it I yes believe. fear, well, yeah, fear would have worked yeah and um, i had hex place curse but that's not the satisfact and mm -hmm. and it was yeah, a charisma yeah. based save and it had a right. i think a plus zero to its charisma i just rolled a 16 which was like yeah. super unfortunate and that fear effect was only for one one turn anyways mm -hmm. but they would have seen that that would have allowed them to do damage yeah. and unfortunately it just didn't apply um but yeah it was just it was just uh, an encounter meant to be like very very easy once the mechanic was figured out but when you didn't figure it out it was just devastating um and you see the effects of that i think the one thing that the party did learn was to run when things get bad um like because there are some encounters that you just can't win yeah. and to just keep going at it when you don't have a solid answer makes sense and for quinn to actually say like no, I'm not. I'm not going to go back there and put my friends at risk. We don't know how to beat this, and to say like, I'm done. I'm I'm ready to listen and learn. I think that was a, that was an interesting lesson, and I'm glad that they made that choice. Neat. Um, okay, yeah. Can can you two talk a little bit about the actual combat? Because it was very. It seemed like it would be really interesting engaging on the ground because you're trying to puzzle out what the fuck's going on while also fighting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think was really good about this episode was it showed that even in defeat, something good can come from it. Like, we lost. We lost hard. But we learned to run away and regroup. Quinn learned, oh, no, no, no. We're not going rushing back in there. I can't take it. And, and Quinn grew as a person. We got our asses kicked. But 
good things still come from defeat and sometimes you're gonna lose. Um, and for me, like the whole thing was like, what do I do? Everything I do is damage. I mean, I tried to entangle and it was like too strong for my little entangle. Um, and nothing else I do or I prepped had any kind of status effect. And like, I was like, huh, we're going into Quinn's big challenge and uh, I plant, prepped plant growth um, because I thought it might be useful for my spirit walk. Um, so being in that moment, one of the things that I kind of wish that I had opted for was pulling Campion back, even though I knew I was going to do a little bit of damage so that maybe we would have had a moment to think. Because once we started and once the ball was rolling, we didn't have, we, we didn't feel like we had any time to think. It was like, oh no, it hit us like four times and we can't do anything to it. And I kind of wish that Perry had instead of, okay, fine, I'll just let it go. She had pulled Campion out of there and tried to get everybody to gather for a minute to think about what to do. So Perry learned a lesson about going with her gut which is something she's really struggled with for a while. And since the, since Senric went crazy and killed Oriana um, and Perry learned she should have used her first instinct to dispel things. She's learning a lot more. <laughs> That's a statement. <laughs> since my friend killed my other friend. <laughs> yeah. I grew as a person watching that happen. Um, yeah. It's, it's challenging um, for me um, with Baltim because the way he's built and the way I play him are two like different things um, because I don't think I made any attacks against the creature I think I think I was the only person that didn't attack it um, I just was trying to so I, I usually mo in most battles I usually like don't attack to like three or four rounds in usually I'm usually yeah. either healing someone to get like them back up or like doing something else so like he's very like combat focused but like I don't have a lot of options to like support in general though, but like I have some and I, I usually like every combat I usually use them because I'm like, I'm probably not gonna use this ever again until a long rest or short rest anyway. So um, it's challenging because I like, um, I feel like that's in theme of like him being duality is like as a character theme, um, even though he's like made to fight things is he has a very like seldom approach to like actually wanting to like hurt and harm people and harm things. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing. Um, I think it was kind of, I knew right away, like once the first like reflection thing off, I was like, this is not a, this is not a typical combat. We're not fighting this mm -hmm. thing. We need to find out what else is going on. I just, I didn't have a lot of things in my kit to like figure out besides like my fear thing. And then once it didn't work, I was like, well, I, I, would, I wouldn't have anything else to try it again, to try something else again. Um, so it's, it was challenging and um, I don't know, it might lead to this having Baltane branch out to other things so he's not just like, so he can fit his personality a little bit more, um, but we'll see. Interesting. Um, yeah, so interesting combat. Um, interesting stuff that happened afterwards as well. Uh, so actually wanted to ask you two because I think your characters out of the party have perhaps the least religious angst. Um, I would have tossed Cindric in there, but like after this episode, who knows? Um, so <laughs> seems like it's gonna get more complicated for him spiritually soon. Um, but like how are Perry and Ball coping kind of with all this divine bullshit? Like have, have their preconceived notions been challenged like the way some other people's have? Oh man, I... I haven't even unpacked <laughs> this. <laughs> um, uh, it, I think, I think we're gonna probably find out this this episode, upcoming episode. Um, but I think, I I want to say on a base level, Baltine is fairly secure in his faith of his religion of Avandra, mm -hmm. the Changebringer, um, and he's. He is understanding that there is a higher power to things, but you have control over things in your life as well. Um, there is a path laid out for you, but you can deviate and change course to your path whenever you see fit or however you see fit in your your mind. Um, but 
I think um, with him being um, in that mindset, I think um, things that come from people who are gods, um, he understands, like he, he takes it and he, he absorbs it, but it's not the end all be all because he understands there is some urgency that he has of his own and some ownership that he has of his own. I mean, for Perry, she's never, I, I had her, you know, she knelt before Melora because, you know, she is of Melora's chosen, but the Oceanin don't worship Melora the way a cleric does. For the Oshadin, she is a symbol of and an embodiment of nature itself. And our job is to protect nature. Um, so while she has like a really deep respect for Melora and the gods themselves, for Perry, it's just sort of like, okay, well, I, I knew Melora existed and I knew there were other ones. And I know that they are here and they are doing things, but my path is my path. Like she's never going to be the person who kneels and prays um so for her it's like okay well this kind of reaffirms that the gods are not the be-all end-all there's no one path and one god for each person because she's watched Quinn go through this thing with Melora and Bane and now she's literally stood before Melora and Melora's like you might need to talk to somebody else I can't help you with this I'm so sorry. Um, and there was there's this like brief crisis of who she is, but not her faith. Like mm -hmm. she still believes in the power of Melora and she still believes in like the power of nature itself, but she's coming into sort of a believing in her own power in a way, mm -hmm. instead of relying on everything outside. Like she's learning, okay, no, no, no. I can control my own power and I need to. Because if I don't, the world is at fate. And also Thorstuna's after my people and I didn't know that, now I know that, and that's bad. Um, a lot of stuff. We, we, we also haven't like touched on it, um, but like there's been like subtle things of like Baltim, like he's done rights for like the drow um, <laughs> that we uh, had to take care of. Um, he's, uh, I think, in, like one of the first few episodes, he buried like people that attacked us, that we had uh, like bugbears or something like that that mm -hmm. attacked us. Um, I remember that. Yeah, um, and that took a whole, like took a, a so day. Long. Yeah, um, <laughs> like he, like there's these subtle things uh, with his because of his background, um, his like stat background. Um, um, like there's there's subtle things, and like it just hadn't been brought up because I I think it's just like not it's not really like. It's not, not it's not not important, but it's like just not something like he just was like yeah it's just it's something as dramatic as some right. of the things that have happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting um, because you know the, obviously the people having big dramatic religious crises are the ones who tend to be at the forefront um, right. of these episodes at least so far. But I think it's also interesting your two characters who have a more solid sense of self, I think, and a more solid sense of their own faith sort of reflecting mm -hmm. each other. Um, yeah, so kind, kind of like going on on this topic, um, over the past couple of episodes, we've obviously had some close dealings with God. So I, Serenity, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about designing these gods, these NPCs, like their personalities, their familial relationships, which we are learning a bit about now. Oh, they seem yeah. very complicated, uh, like who they are versus mm -hmm. how they're the perceived. Tree. Uh, yeah i'm sure um, that's spoilers but no no i mean i i mean i can't tell you the the family tree because that there's mm -hmm. that's still being learned about but um i mean all the players know uh and i think it's pretty evident that uh i've steeped a lot of how i've designed the gods of this world uh in in greek and and norse and roman myth um and so in those cultures like each god has has a domain, um, and there weren't really, there isn't really like a god that's just all around evil. Like every god is necessary in order to keep a balance of of everything going, um, and so the the whole point of this is like, yeah, there are ones that tend to be a part of things that like 
the general populace would not be happy about most of the time. You know, a god that touts war is not what most people are like, oh, that's great. Love that. Love being stuck in wars all the time. Like, it fucking sucks. Like, so fun. dying. Yeah. Going, yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, Ares was a, a terrible, you know, creation or person. That was just that that was his domain and that was what he, you know, over oversaw. Um, uh, but I, like, I wanted this to be, um, I wanted this campaign to have this understanding of like what this pantheon was. And I like the idea of like, especially with a pantheon where, you know, there's not one true God that like oversees everything is like, these are just beings. They're very powerful beings that were able to use some of that ability to create, to create life. But I, I've always like, like in in real life, struggled with like I'm not religious, but I've always struggled this with this idea of like, like God created us in His image, and it's like, well, if He did, then God is not perfect. There's no way, because if God was perfect, we wouldn't be as flawed as we are as creatures. We wouldn't have the nuances and and the the tenacity uh, and the the tendencies that we do. Um, and so I wanted that to come from these creatures and to see that that they are very similar to the the humanoid beings and the creatures that are on the material plane. They they are part of these creations and they have just as many flaws as um and make mistakes just like uh the others do and they're going to be asking for help just as people ask them for help. And so I wanted that dual nature and for that to be understood in this campaign and I think you're starting to see that as you start to meet them as like yeah, they're strong. Yeah, they have abilities that like no normal person would have, but they're also flawed and they also have personalities and they're also kind of weird and maybe a bit strange and uh and, yeah, and funny and, and, yeah, and yeah. interesting and just like anyone you would meet on the street. Like, you know. So, um so yeah, that was kind of how I how I've kind of taken it and hopefully over the course of the the campaign you'll get to see like the entire structure of, of how everything sort of runs or get an understanding mm -hmm. of, of them all. Keeping up with the Pantheon. Yeah. Um, so did you always intend for like the Pantheon to be a major part of the plot or did this like become more towards the forefront because of character actions or mix of both? Um, mix of both. I kind of always wanted that to be a part just because of like the campaign arc and like what I kind of seeded as the main sort of thread of the story that brought everyone together, like given that it's Sarah's Dune and he's kind of like this thing that no one wants to happen. It doesn't matter if you're butting heads with each other. It's kind of like something that you'll ally <laughs> against. Um, but but I didn't expect them to take this much of a spotlight that's come more from like the characters themselves and their backstories and the things that have happened and the choices that have been made um i was expecting it to be like way like closer to maybe like the end of the campaign where you'd, you'd see more of them um but now you're starting to to see them just in like the daily nuances of of what the characters are doing so i think it's it's an interesting turn and it, it's fun for me to kind of like flesh them out more um, which I didn't think I was going to have to do until like a long, long time from now. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's been fun. Awesome. Um, okay. And I think with that, we'll move on to our topic for today. Um, so the topic for today is side quests. Um, I kind of think this is sort of a sister episode almost to the beach episode episode um since it's all about like taking a break uh, a short break from the plot of the campaign or is it we'll discuss that um so to start off what do you guys think distinguishes like a side quest from a normal part of the plot quest like does it have to be completely plot non-relevant or just a bit out of the way is it more of a tonal thing like what's the difference I mean, part of it is the, is it necessarily, is it a requirement? Like, do you have to complete this to continue with the plot? Or is this like a side mission where you're going to pick up something to go with the plot? Um, because like, that's the thing I like about a side mission is if it's something that still moves stuff forward and is still relevant, 
then yeah, give me all the side quests. Let me let me explore the world, but still gain something that matters. Um, so I don't think that it needs to be something that is completely unrelated to the plot or completely, you know, off off the beaten path. Uh, but it, I, I see it as sort of anything that is not like 100% necessary to keep going. Like if you don't do this, the story stops. That's not a side quest. That's that's an offshoot of the main plot to get back to the main plot. Right. I think I'm in agreement with that statement. I think uh, if it's not like 100% um, delegated to the main quest, it's it's a side quest. Like if it's like a personal quest, like this is this is sort of a side quest. We're on a personal quest for Quinn. But it's not our main quest, but it's a it's like a it's a it's a personal quest for Quinn. It, it, even though like it it ties in with the story and all that, mm -hmm. um, we could have came here at mostly any other time. Yeah, we just were doing it because we we're on the way. We were like on we're in this continent, so mm -hmm. it's like well when are we gonna come torn. back to this continent? Um, which we I mean, might come back sooner than we thought. So it's like, this is a, this is a, a side quest. So it's like, I would think anything that's not um, devolved to the main quest is a side quest. Yeah, I mean, obviously side quests can be go go do this thing and yeah. all you get is a magic item and it doesn't right. move any plot forward. Or it can be like every character's backstory is all side quest, right? Like a DM does not have to pick up any of those threads ever and keep yeah. the, their plot moving forward. Now, would that be fun for the characters? Probably not. They'd be like, why did I write up this like essay <laughs> for my character to like, you know, to give them personality and it's not even being used. Like, oh, we passed by like my hometown. My family wasn't even home. Like what the hell, you know? <laughs> um, but like, but technically like those are, side quests, unless the DM is specifically making the main plot a, a tie-in to a specific character's story and, and then making them the focal point. But generally, DMs try not to do that because then that kind of like sidelines the other characters. You try to make some overarching story and then the characters just fall into it. But I think, yeah, I think side quests are anything that uh, that uh, doesn't tie into what whatever your main story thread is. And sometimes, like, at least for players, obviously DMs, we know whether this ties in to main or not. Um, I think sometimes for players, it's hard to even see that. Sometimes they think oh, yeah. that they're going on a main quest and it has nothing to do with the main, the main storyline. And sometimes they think they're going on a side quest and it's, like, actually a main story quest and they kind of had to do it. And the DM would have pushed them there in some way or another. Um, so I think that those are kind of like the best side quest, main quests. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can kind of make it kind of unknown to the players, whether, you know, this is even like, are we supposed to be doing this? Do we have to do this? Can we kind of leave it? Um, and also like for yeah. a DM, I think also like even main quests can be kind of, even your main plot can kind of be side questy. I think most DMs that are good at what they do will have just consequences for not handling something. Mm -hmm. Like if the players decide, like, I just don't even want to do this. It's like, okay, I'm not going to allow that to break the game. I'm going to, then I'll have yeah. you go off and do this other thing and you'll feel like it's really important, but maybe the city will get sucked into a black hole because you, yeah. you just didn't care. Um, and I like that. Like, I like not forcing the players to make a specific decision or like railroading them into a main quest line, allowing them to kind of feel like, and even if you are giving them like subtle pushes in certain directions, making them feel like they're making all the decisions and they're they're choosing the path that they want to take in the game. So yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so like in general, do you guys enjoy side quests? Like, do you think they're fun? <laughs> Does it depend on the side quest? Uh, do you prefer like staying on the main path normally or like how do you feel about detours? It depends. Yeah. I love <laughs> detours. I've never been in Skyrim, like the game Skyrim. I've never finished the main story of Skyrim. So um I love side quests. Um and like there is some there were some like uses in like 
having like side quests that don't mean literally anything to the plot just for like a break or a buffer for something like if you mm-hmm. feel like things like they have like a down period and it's like you know let them get you know if you're like in a group let them get their confidence up for like when they go into a main quest like there are uses for like things that just aren't mm-hmm. tied to the story at all um but i think um that can get a little boring if it's repeatedly at uh, different points of this, the plot like all the time um so I, I would probably prefer like more of like, yeah, like a personal quest or a side quest that's linked in somehow where we're like, if we didn't go down this, this, that snake hall, we would have gotten like a snake amulet. And then like, that's like the key <laughs> the to like one guy. boss that we like, we like, we could have fought in the future. Like, you know, like, it's like something that's like, oh, we didn't realize the importance of this now, but like mm-hmm, now that yeah. we did it, it's useful for something that it could have been done still, but we could have had a different angle to approach it at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the personal, a personal quest just makes you feel, even though it's side, it's still more, it's, since it's personal to you, it makes you feel like you are on a, like a, not a timer necessarily, but like it's more pertinent to you to do anyway. Like it's, yeah. it's almost at the same level as the main quest for you. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Khalil. Uh, I'm the person that always tries to 100% every game. I want to explore every area. I want to do yes. every little side quest. I I want to I I want to see that hundred percent. So I love a have good you side been inside. Have you been in Skyrim? I have not played Skyrim, um, which I is a shame, <laughs> and I need to uh, get on that. Um, really bad. <laughs> it is really really I bad, love it. y'all. <laughs> Talk to my husband. Um, <laughs> Okay, but, sorry, interrupted you. <laughs> uh, but um like i agree with khalil i think that um there are purposes to like little bitty side quests um things that bond groups together like a lot of really good character moments can happen from a bullshit side quest that didn't actually accomplish anything for your main quest but maybe, maybe your characters grew. Uh, maybe they learned something about each other or maybe a conflict that has been brewing for a while has finally come to a head. And it came to a head while it didn't matter. While, okay, well, if we have to stop and fight this out, it's not like we're like five minutes from fighting Thurs Dune. Um, so- You bring this up now? <laughs> really, really right now? Uh, I don't like your hair, about to break. You know, I, I waved Olga Payne, I just don't like it. Yeah. No uh, healing for you this battle. <laughs> no. <laughs> On your own. Um, but I think my favorite side quests are the ones that you don't know whether they matter or not in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. And, you know, maybe they do. And you find out 18 sessions later, oh, shit, that sword we got from that random quest from that merchant who just who whose store got robbed that sword is the sword that's you know gonna help us beat this boss because oh shit turns out he's resistant to everything but this damage um that sort of thing i really like that and i like personal quests i like the idea of okay well we detoured through the jungle because we were close-ish and Quinn wanted to go to that temple and hey, Perry's people might be in the jungle. Maybe not, we don't know. We could find out. Um, so we learned some stuff and you know, everybody got a glimpse of something in the future, something that matters. And those quests are the ones that I like the most because mm-hmm. they feel important even if they're not the straight line run to Riverrend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, all that. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I hate, I hate fluffy side quests. I do think that they are needed sometimes, um, and I will make them a la Flump. Um, but look I, at you, Khalil. Uh, oh, fun. <laughs> side quest killer, right here. That's my title. Or the murder mystery, um, which can be fun, um, but. I I make those very few and far between. Um, I am a huge nerd for foreshadowing, like in novels, mm-hmm. in video games, in watching other DMs uh, run their campaigns. Like 
when I watch something and I'm like, why was that a thing? And then 80 mm-hmm. sessions later, holy shit, really? Okay. Um, yeah. That, mm-hmm. or, you know, 20 chapters later or whatever, uh, that everything clicks. And I'm like, I see now. I know what that is. Um, that to me is is fun storytelling. Um, right. And so that's what I try to do with the side quests that I make. And those are the, and, and as a player, those are the side quests I also like to run. Also, I try to mix up the feeling of urgency with the feeling of you're okay. You've got a little bit of time mm-hmm. because generally if players feel like they have to go in a specific direction, like for me as a player, if you're telling me the world's ending and we have seven days to fix it, don't then give me a side quest and tell me like, well, there's like the, these these 5,000 gold diamonds over here that you can get. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I like, got that seven days. <laughs> like it doesn't, I, it's great that I can resurrect myself, but I, I the, the world's ending. So I don't really have a lot of time to do that because if I get lost in the caves for seven days, I'm dead anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's knowing that balance between like, the important stuff and the non-important stuff and giving players the option to take that and to make it not feel like if we don't do this, um, it's the end of the world. If we don't get that sword, now we can't beat the final boss. Like, I never want to do that. I never want to make it like, well, you chose not to do the side quest, which is, it's a side quest for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, you're screwed at the the end of the game. Um, But yeah, I'm the type, like, really, for me, side quests have to move the plot forward in some yeah. way whether it be a character's backstory whether it be some lore that we wouldn't have known otherwise whether it be like you know we gain, gain an, an item that'll be important down the line whether like some weird and mysterious thing happens and then I I, I write it down in my notes and again like you know uh, three months later it comes to pass when we fight a boss and I'm like oh shit that was what that mist was in that cavern um that's that to me is is what a good side quest is. If if it doesn't have that, generally I'm not interested. I get kind of bored, mm-hmm. and I don't hundred percent. I just do all the stuff that gets me all of the world lore. That's the type of gamer I am. So what was like the secret extra special thing at the end of the flunk quest? Then it wasn't. But I knew oh, that was that, just that's why class. I'm saying. I but that's the thing is is like I know that I have player like not everyone plays like me. I have to mm-hmm. add stuff in for players who do enjoy the hundred percenting, who do enjoy just the fun, enjoyable mm-hmm. moments, um, and who just want to have some moments to RP with other characters and to have fun in this world. So I can't just make a world for myself because it wouldn't be fun for my players. So yeah, that was just purely for fun. They would have got, they would have learned some stuff at the end about flumps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been anything that would have like. Ra- gravely or vastly affected uh, the rest of the game. Uh, that was just meant to be fun, and I wanted to throw flumps in. And they'd been talking about it a little bit, saying like they wanted to meet one and stuff like that. And I was like, this yeah. is the perfect time, so let's do it. The oh. secret was that everyone's like internal like telltale counters was like they will remember this about Baltaim. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it did kind of of like highlight impulse, you know, Baltimore's impulsiveness because he Mm -hmm. was just like, I'm going to, and he said it. And when he said it, I was like, nah, and it was too late. (laughs) The the best part of that was Campion was, uh, or yeah, Campion was already feather falling. So literally did Mm -hmm. not need this was an unnecessary move. (laughs) It highlighted, it highlighted his loyalty to his friends, new or old. That's what I waited. Okay. 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 Cool. We'll go with that, Khalil. We'll go. I love it. Yeah. It was. It was a good moment. Wonderful. Um. So, like, in all of your opinions, what's the, like, what's the right balance then of like fluffy side stuff and main plot? Um. For me, uh, I think it depends on your group. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of groups who like delving dungeons for magic items. They don't care if it moves anything forward. They'll like just do that. And I think that that's a thing that you like when you sit down to tell a story with a group of people at the table, you understand what type of game they, they want to run yeah. and they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you add those things in. Um, so I think the balance is really dependent on the people playing and what they enjoy. You're, you're mm-hmm. trying to 
like D and D or tabletop RPGs is is collective cooperative storytelling. You want to make sure that everyone's having fun at the table, not just you as a DM or not just the players. And so you try to find this balance between what you enjoy and what your players will enjoy, and then you try to tell that collective story. So I would say it really depends. You know, it could be 50-50, it could be 70-30, it could be 90-10. I think um, for, for me personally, I think after just maybe maybe not even after, but just at some point during a longer arc, just have something just to break up the mm-hmm. the seriousness and like the like go we're in go mode just to like just get like a little like decompression um and then and that's gonna be like the like if there's like you have like like a medium length arc like two back to back like that maybe after that then uh, something mm-hmm. just to break it up a little bit or if you have like a long one and like something just to break it up i think it's just like enough um like fluff side quests just to break up the pacing of it so it's not always like you're in a rush to go somewhere um, yeah and you're not like feeling like the the story just always moving you know what i mean yeah i mean i i agree with serenity it really it depends on who's playing and who you're playing with because Mm -hmm. if you've got a group that nobody likes any of the fluffy stuff we want everything to matter if it doesn't matter i don't give a shit um then it's it's you know then you don't want any of that but like me personally it's it's nice to breathe sometimes like especially if you're in like a really heavy campaign there's a lot going on and it starts to feel like actually stressful all the time because you sit down at the table and like oh god the world's ending the world's ending don't forget the world's ending by the way the world's ending then you need a moment to say just okay the world is ending but you've got time to stop it it's beach episode. Hold on. <laughs> Just, you, you've got time. I think that those side quests give players and characters a moment to, to remember that there's still time mm-hmm. because that constantly ticking clock, a lot of times you give players a deadline and they will remember that deadline and then they'll start to shorten it because they forget. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we have all this time, but like four sessions later, we forget how long we've been on the road so uh-huh. now it's oh no now we have like less time and less time and less time so a, a small fluffy thing that reminds you oh no 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 you're okay the clock is not ticking that fast helps to kind of keep players from freaking out and mm-hmm. forgetting that they that, that you know there is a pacing here yeah perfect example of like in Zeritamar, like I was like when my like my thing came up, I was like, I was like, guys, we gotta help out everybody here. Like, uh, <laughs> there's like four days. I'm like, wait, how many days has it been? Like, I'm like, come on, like, let's let's go, let's go. Like, I'm like in go mode. I'm like, like, calm down. It's it's uh, it's gonna be alright. Nothing's gonna like nothing major is gonna happen. Mostly, like, I might miss something, but like. I don't like I like I I highly highly doubt it, and I, I think Serena even said like she's not gonna put a side quest to hinder us in something that we mm-hmm. want to do like that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that just like well then you weren't you weren't expecting them to do it at that point because like you can't be like well like she say said the world's ending seven days but here's a quest that can take you six point five days now do <laughs> make both. a dramatic entrance yeah. <laughs> like um so yeah like that was like during that time I was like I was personally like oh like yeah. stressing myself out for like a time clock that had nothing like that was not placed on on us at all. Well, he was, was like, following us around like all the time. Like y'all, we need to hurry up. Yeah, no, because, really, because really of the river end stuff this? that he learned. We need but... to. Yeah. Um, so he and Oriana were just like watching us with the clock. Like y'all, y'all, you remember? You remember River End, right? You remember River End? We gotta go. And we're all like, but we want to help this lady and 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 maybe do something like, nice. That lady. Yeah. Like no, fuck it, River End now. Not, not all family. that important. <laughs> so, Nobody. Like, but like, I I always trust that Serenity is not gonna put me in. You know, she's gonna give me an option, and like, if I take this option, I have just fucked everything else up. Like. Mm-hmm. Here's a quest, but if you take it, the world ends. Too bad. 
Game over, guys. Bye. You saved, you saved the fluff, but Tharzdun kills it immediately yes. after you save it. Yes, the yeah. fluff survived. Oh. oh no, it's like when you live like a little captive bird go and the hawk gets it immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that, that's that. You know, that's the that's the thing. Did it, so, guys? Like... And the dart just. <laughs> yeah. We won. Yeah. Hey, victory. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so then for like you guys as players, um, Sereni's, uh, mentioned this a little bit. I think Lily, you just touched on an uh, aspect of this. So what does it take to like make a side quest enjoyable and, um, like captivating? Um, it's, I don't know. It, I say this, I feel like we say this is like our catchphrase here. It depends. It depends. Uh, uh -huh. It depends. Like, I, like, I really do find, enjoy, like, like I can't I can't think of a, like, in-game experience. Oh, no, no, no. We had spa day. That was, like, a very enjoyable day. Like, you know, just yeah. down thing. It wasn't like side quests, I feel like, but, like, side quests are just, like, you know, just, like, just chilling and, like, just, like, there's more RP focus. Like, that, that can be really enjoyable. Mm. Um, I feel like, um, like, getting to know that like that player's character more um is like for me personally is like a very like high like aspect of like D, &D of like mm -hmm. like learning another character's backstory like that someone put time in um and and thought out um that can be really enjoyable but i think also quests that are i think i agree probably like quests that are in some sense that have something important or import imports of like to your character um, makes it for me a little bit more enjoyable because um, sometimes I can be a little bit like ADD and just like, is this really like necessary right now? Like, I don't know if saving this woman's <laughs> cart, cabbage yeah, cart, is that, like, I'm bored that necessary with this. at this moment? Yeah. Um, but like, but like doing something for Quinn, like it's not directly tied to me, but like I'm invested for <laughs> his character. Like I'm like, yeah. I want to see this character that's been like planned and thought out. Like what their their test and their trial is like it's 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 an interesting to me yeah um i too will say it depends um but like i super enjoyed like the tiny offshoot where we were trying to figure out the drug thing and we all wound up somewhere where we were dancing yeah. and it was just all of us in a bar dancing for no reason um, and it, it, it turned out to be this like really cute moment um, where first we had two characters dancing to no music in the different bar. Um, but for me, I like the quests that feel like they matter, whether it's to my character or to someone else's or something that feels like we're doing something good or big or important. Like, yeah, okay, it was some rich kid who definitely shouldn't have been fucking about with drugs and hags. But, you know, we wound up doing something good for an entire city. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and yeah, okay, sure, we all really got fucked up by the Nefriti, but we did, we did help that poor woman who would have had no idea what happened to her family. Um, so I like the quests that feel like they matter. Um, I think what goes into making a good side quest is knowing your players, knowing how to hook them. <laughs> it's on, honest to goodness. Like that's, if you know your players, even if you have to, even if you hook one of them, if the group is cohesive enough, <clears throat> the rest will follow because that, just like Khalil said, like he's, you know, Baltaim's invested in Quinn because they've become friends. Um, and so if you can hook that one person and the group is cohesive enough, they'll be like, mm -hmm. you know what, this person's invested, I'm invested with them. And then doing something interesting with whatever, you know, is going to happen with that quest and involving everyone in it, then makes them feel like, oh, okay, we didn't do this for nothing. Mm -hmm. you, you made the right choice. We, we feel good for following you. Like this wasn't a waste yeah. of our time. But I think understanding <laughs> the players and the characters and knowing like what will hook a specific mm -hmm. person um, is is uh, is the way to go with side quests, and that's again just knowing your table and knowing your your players. 
and and understanding what they enjoy. But that's really what goes into making a good, a good side quest. You can really make a good side quest out of out of anything by tying again, even if it's not a big flashy character backstory moment, even if it's little nuances of who they are or giving them moments to figure out things that even they didn't know about their character that they're just tying in as this story progresses um, are ways to really make uh, interesting moments um, and allow for, for that growth. So I think it's like finding, finding out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like that Quinn reveal of like his, his mother, that was like, I, I was like, I'm like, this is not my story. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I was like, Oh, I like, you could see me smile at like yeah. one point, like in the stream. So I'm like, Oh man. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's just true of like life in general. Like if you have, if you're a good friend, usually when your friends have something important to them or like they're passionate about, usually are um, very supportive and want to like see them succeed in that. So I think like that's, yeah, like that's just true in real life as well, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause it's like, we wouldn't have gone on that mining expedition if we didn't care that Campion wanted to do something for that dog because yeah okay the money's nice but campion really wants to improve gray bone um and we don't know that he didn't um yeah. <laughs> it'll never you. come up <laughs> yeah. it'll ne- we, will, we may never know that he didn't so but for us, um nah, it's fine uh, um, uh. But, um but like that quest mattered because we wanted to help our friend our new friend who didn't feel like he had any friends. We wanted to do something nice for him. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> oh, bless Campion. Campion. Perry's going to teach him to brew proper tea so he stops injecting those herbs. Um. <laughs> but see, then in doing that quest, they also learned of this entity still watching them, <clears throat> following yep. them, and influencing the world around them. Yeah. Tying mm-hmm. that in for the rest of the group to make it not just feel like a whole wasted amount of time for a, a single piece of war. Yeah. Like here's a little sprinkle of plot yeah, for you. Yeah, here's a little <laughs> tiny thing. It really, like it was just an encounter and it was just like a weird feeling and seeing weird things, mm-hmm. but it's that like little tiny like spicing of, of stuff that makes it then intriguing. Yeah, I thought it actually, I thought like that little thing that happened in in the mine actually um, sort of prepped, prepped the story or Prep the story, that's not exactly what I want to say, um, for what's happening um, here in the jungle, because it's more like voices and weird brain stuff. So mm-hmm. I think plot-wise, that flowed very well. Um, okay, well, going back to something Serenity was saying, so what goes into, like, how do you design a good hook? Like, so you're talking about you need to know your players, but, like, how do you, like, get that little shiny lure out there so the players can see them? Because um, you are sort of having to lure them away from the main plot so it needs to be enticing yeah i think um i think it, it it's it's like it, it's flavored differently depending on where you're going so like if you're going to a big city it's very easy because you're going to a big city and the players are like most players are like oh well we want to explore this mm-hmm. place and so then it's easy to be like oh well when you go to this district or when you go to this area you know, you make a perception check and you, or you, and you see something maybe, or you hear something, or you go into a bar and some conversation happens. Um, it's a little bit more difficult when you're like doing like a jungle or like a mine or something like that. But I think the main thing is to figure out what ultimately is the end goal of the quest. Like, what are you trying to get out of the players and what, what do you, what emotion or uh, understanding or story element or uh, like item or whatever do you want the players to end up with at at the end of that quest? And then you generally make the hook, ba- at least that's how I do it. I make the hook based on, on that thing. And sometimes it's like to foreshadow something that's coming in the future. Sometimes it's to introduce an interesting NPC that maybe they'll see again, maybe never again. Um, maybe it's to create plot intrigue for whatever reason. Maybe it's just to have a fun day in a spa or, you know, in a bathhouse or walking in a courtyard of the city and, and seeing beautiful things. Um, but I think it's just like understanding, like, what are you, 
what is what ultimately do you want to get out of it is it rp is it stories it lore is it items what what is it and then you can build the hook around it <clears throat> okay awesome and that brings us right up to our time for today mm -hmm. um so Thank you guys so much for coming on to this little talk show that we have. Um, and yeah, and thanks a bunch. It's been great. We're never coming on again. This is the final episode. I'm kidding. Um, no, but yeah, thank you guys. Thank we you. Ruined thank you. We ruined it all. No, we're all retiring. Thank you for watching I'm sorry. the last episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the, 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 episode. Ca the campaign is ending on that quick yep. cliffhanger. That's it. Yep. That's yeah. all you get. It's over. We never find anything else out. Oh no, imagine, that'd be terrible. If you really hate your audience, just do that. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you to the audience for tuning in once again. Um, make sure to tune in next week for the next episode. Um, tune on Friday for the next episode of Roll for Damage, uh, where we'll have some follow-up to everybody and Quinn's big revelation. Um, check out our store, check out our Twitch, check out our YouTube channel, check out our Discord. We post lots of D&D memes there. We're very funny, I promise. Um, <laughs> or at least we think we are. We assume so. We're hilarious. We laugh. Yeah, we, we laugh. laugh. Yeah, we laugh. <laughs> hey, that's, that's all you need. You need to do um, laugh yourself. We laugh and maybe you will too. Um, Awesome. Uh, thank you to Sunburn and Lady Meows for doing our beautiful logo and wonderful theme song. And that's it. That's all for tonight. We will see you next week. Bye. See you later. Have a good night. Night night. <laughs>